Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And yes, Tom, I have my radio voice on. You do have your radio voice on. <laughs> I just flip this little switch and my radio voice comes on. It's very uh, it's, it's very uh, impressive. Technology yeah, is. is awesome. So joined here uh, in the luxurious corner booth um, with Tom Dorian, by Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Thank right? you. And also by Doug Grokolski. Good morning. All right, Doug and Tom are here, and we've got a great show today. Always great. You know, a lot of times I, I, I have a, there's a method to my madness, and, and the, what we do on the show and what we talk about mm-hmm. is really something that's all planned out. You know, I've got this calendar, and for the next 40 years, I hear the yeah. topics that we're going to talk about. Yeah. It's really not 40. It's really just 30. But So I have this, <laughs> this calendar that tells us what we're going to talk about, we're going to cover. And then sometimes, though, I have, like, little spaces where it's, like, inspiration. You know, just something Divine happens. inspiration. Something happens, like, last week or, right. you know, yesterday or just, like, five minutes before we walked in. Right. <laughs> that, exactly. That's desperation, <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah. Inspiration. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so, uh, and so I, you know, sometimes I, I want to reserve a little spot there for inspiration for the Holy Spirit to kind of say, hey, here, let's do a show about this. And, Good idea. And so recently I was just doing, uh, as a, uh, the director of religious education here at my parish, as a deacon, I will... Often do things, hold meetings, uh, whatever, in preparation for different things, especially like the sacraments as they come up. And we've got uh, our second graders every year. Our second graders, how beautiful they do their first Holy Communion, and we prepare them for that. Uh, and then, of course, we have to bring parents in right. and have meetings. And you know, the parents want to come and know what they have to do and what the kids should wear and what time the service is and when should they drop them off or bring them in and how logistics. many pews can they have. All the logistics, right? Where does grandma sit? That's exactly right. right. And so we have all these important things that we have to cover. Well, before we do First Communion, we have to talk about First Penance right? in order to prepare ourselves. And so I just did that First Penance meeting uh, just the other night. Inspiration. Had all the folks here, right? And so I was inspired to do a show based on that. There you go. You know, and but it was a bigger picture. It wasn't just about First Penance, but it, it made me think, you know, we all need to kind of keep this, this in mind, especially for those of us who have parents or people who we are responsible for mm-hmm. in our lives. And so I was talking to the way I start that meeting, because obviously they're there to find out. Um, well, you know, because a lot of people that can't meet, they'll call me ahead of time and say, hey, can you just give me the, the material mm-hmm. yeah, as if I'm handing out a paper? It's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't need to have a meeting to hand you a paper. I can email it to you. No, no, you need to come to the meeting because you've got to hear me preach. You know? Right, <laughs> right. You know, I have to hold meetings to get people to listen that's to me. That's the big treat. Yeah, ex- oh, well, that's the way I see it. And I don't know if they see it that way. <laughs> So anyway, I start the meeting, and the way I start the meeting now uh, is is I ask them this, this, this basic question. I say, you know, who is it that teaches your child the right. faith? I mean, where does it where does that come from? And I get all kinds of answers. I get obviously the church. I get uh, I get well teachers. The teachers here at the church. I get uh, the pope and the bishop is responsible. People start getting all ecclesial and start thinking mm-hmm. hmm, hierarchy. We got a deacon here, so he wants to know if I can name all people in hierarchy. So. So they start naming those. Of course, there's the I was taught by nuns and all this kind of stuff. And I said, well, you know, interestingly, the Catholic Church teaches that the first teachers of the faith are you as parents. Domestic church. And I I do this every time because I want to help them understand that, that Mm -hmm. concept and where it comes from. But. But also because I enjoy, I enjoy that, that deer in the headlights look that I get <laughs> from a lot of folks because they don't really realize that. You know, we, we turn our kids over to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And we just say, well, you know, I'm putting them into your hands. And, and of course, 
as church, and especially as a parish church with a school, we 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 gladly take uh, on the, the mantle of, of teaching. Yeah. That's part of what we do. We we present the faith in a systematic way to to children and try. But what we're essentially doing is really supporting the parents in that process. And so that's when they start going, "Ooh, wait a second. I mean, I mean, I have responsibility here. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. And so exactly. when we're talking about first penance, and I start saying, you know, what you guys do is more important than what we do here. And when it comes to something like first penance. And so then what I start to do is uh, I decided that today on the radio show, I was going to share a story. Uh-oh. And and it's lovingly referred to as the frog story, the frog story, okay. In, in my family, and and, uh, and I, I tell it at events such as these, and I'm sure that maybe someone's listening now. So this, is like, like, this, this is a real story. This is a Drzymski story. This is a real Drzymski story. Wow, I can't wait. Now, this many people know, uh, many of our listeners know already that I that I've got nine children, mm-hmm. love them all, love my wife. You know, gave me these beautiful children, and uh, and I still remember. I, I just I've learned so much as a parent. And I've really used that in my ministry, mm-hmm. right? Just in life, just to know it's like, wow, you know, this is how I deal with it as a father. And, and I think we're like a we're like a scientific test case, you know, because we have <laughs> we have a nice sampling, mm-hmm. right, of children and and and, uh, and, and I don't know, just kind of evaluating the world and whatnot. We can look at our kids and go, well, I know how to handle that situation, right? You know, I can fix Ebola, I can fix, uh, you know, world hunger, I can fi- you know, I can fix these things because I've got such a big family. Right. We have uh, test cases along the way. So when I when I, I tell this story because it, it it brought great revelation to me as a young parent, but my very first child, beautiful young girl uh, named Megan, uh, I you know at, at about a year and a half, mm-hmm. you know I'd been around obviously with my kid doing stuff, you know as a dad. I mean I was I was relishing being a new dad, but really one of the first times that I ever sort of like took her out by myself for the day. <laughs> like dad and daughter are going to have some serious bonding time. Going to put her in the car and take her out. And, and her mother, uh, my wife, Bess, was then going to go and uh, sit with her mom, with mm-hmm. Nana. Mm-hmm. And they were going to sip coffee and talk about things. All the while, sort of nervously wondering if I would bring <laughs> little Megan back <laughs> in, in one, one piece. piece. Exactly, <laughs> right. And, and they had good reason to wonder if that was going to happen, you know, because I was kind of trying to make it, trying to figure it all out. Anyway, so we have a great day. It is a beautiful day. It's kind of like a fall day. and It's a little cool, but, you know, the sun was out. We were at the park. We had a great time. Just a great day. It was a wonderful time. And so as I'm getting ready to put her back into her car seat to take her to mom and to Nana, mm-hmm. right, something happens. And, and I, I have to pause the story here and tell you that, in my younger days, I, I was not wearing a deacon's collar. And, and that's code for I was a different person. Right. And I might have uh, done things, had habits that would not be appropriate today. And things that I've loving, I'm just, I'm happy the, the, the fact that I've grown out of or that I've, that I have put asunder, that I've put back in my, put behind yep. me. We all have those. I yes, think. I know. I know. And thank, thank God for confession. But, but I, uh, <laughs> I used to cuss and swear a lot. Mm-hmm. I was in a I was in a business in a, in a, uh, a field that just a lot of people just did, that's what we did. It's the culture. Oh, right? I know. And I was a mm-hmm. I was a young guy, uh, you know, new parent, whatever. I didn't think anything of all this stuff. And so, anyway, this was the me then. Mm-hmm. This is twenty some odd years ago. And so I uh, so I then uh, I'm, I'm buckling in one of these little Fisher Price car seats. I don't even I don't think they make them anymore. 
um, the way this way. But they used to have like a sort of a Y shaped. Oh yeah. Um, uh, buckle thing in the front. It was actually yeah. quite simple because you just pulled it over and then you buckled it down. Yeah. So it was a big like form and rubber kind of. Yeah. I remember. Well, as those things got older, they were harder and harder to buckle. Mm-hmm. And I'm an impatient man by nature, and I try to be. I, Lord, I pay, pray for patience. You know, let me get through this. We pray for it too, don't we? Yeah, don't. you pray for my patience. Yeah. Thank you. I uh, did for five minutes that. ago. Yeah, Amen. And so I, uh, I. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there trying to buckle this thing, and then you know, next thing I know, you cut loose. I let one go. I just had to, I said a really really bad word, and it started with the with the letter F. And we're just going to say it was the word frog because that's just go. easier for me to that's perfect. I've used frog before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I understand. I so here I am, and I'm in front of my beautiful angelic faced daughter. Oh you know, yeah. Just soaking in the world and soaking in life, and just just being formed. Right in my very presence, and so I, I press this thing. It's like, frog! I can't close this thing, <laughs> you know. And so then she looks up at me, and the, and I, I suddenly hear the voice of the angels. Oh man! I hear this oh, beautiful light. This is this, so it's frog. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> you know. So now, now my heart sinks. I'm like going, uh oh, bucket of water. Oh, because no, it's not so much that I just cussed in front of my daughter. It's just that my daughter she's now repeat it. She's a poly parrot. She was yep, just right. old enough that she was repeating words. And so immediately I start trying to, you know, you know when we break something, we try to sweep up the glass real quick before mm-hmm. Mama finds out. Or Grandma. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, so I start sweeping. So I start going, I go, oh, no, 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 Megan, frog is a bad word. Frog is a bad word. No, no, Megan, don't say frog. Frog, 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 frog. So I'm hearing oh, this over no. and over again. Oh, it was terrible. I'm it was laughing terrible. because I can see Bess's face. <laughs> oh, and so I know I'm getting ready to drop this beautiful girl off back to Mama's house, right, right yeah. back to Nana, and and I'm 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 knowing she's going to walk in the first word out of her mouth is going to be frog, and it's like the oh, no, what are they going to? Th- I'll never be able to have her again. The child services will come and take her away. It's going to be you're horrible. going to jail. However, remember I wasn't the best of persons. You know, I, I'm a better man now. I hope and pray, but. Back then, I, I may have been a little more manipulative and, and conniving sometimes, and maybe I was able to like get around certain problems in my life. And at that time, I remember thinking, you know, my daughter's brain has to be about the size of my thumb. You know, it can't be that big, right? So it's just, <laughs> if they're little kids, right? What do they know? And they have room for like one thing in there. And right now, it's a frog. <laughs> and I need to get frog out of there. Right. And so I know I'll replace it with something else. And I said, Megan, you want to go eat some French fries? Let's go get some French fries. <laughs> oh, and so the next thing is French fries, French, French fries. fries. Yeah, so I was successful in, in, in removing frog and putting French fries in there. That's a good and trade. And all was good, except I learned something huge that day. Yeah. It was a profound, profound lesson that I know to this very day. They imitate you. That my kids are going to grow up and they're going to be just like me. Yep. Right. They're going to do everything that I do. And then no matter how many times I tell them not to say this, right. right, not to act this way, not to do this, they're going to end up doing, saying, and acting in the way that I yeah. do say and act. It's I mean, not your words. It's your actions. Exactly yeah. right. And I realize that now and how profound it is that the church would say that you are the first teacher of the faith. Mm-hmm. You know, so here I am telling these people, you know, and they're, they're all in this, in this first penance meeting. They're all laughing. You know, ha, ha, this is funny. And, and many of them have probably been there, right? We've brought, oh, yeah. We all do this kind of thing. And so I'm, they're all laughing. And yet suddenly when I start saying the profound part. Got quiet. Got a little quiet. Yeah, sure. And people start realizing, you know, you're right. Rot row. You know, and I'm dropping this kid off at this parish school or wherever at this class or PRE or at this 
And I'm expecting them to teach my kids to be good little Catholic kids, you know. And it's like, wait a second, am I a good Catholic man or woman? Right. And that's a huge and profound uh, eye-opening experience for a lot of folks. It was for me, and I, and I really hope it is for everybody, you know, who's listening now, and and for those who were in that first penance meeting to realize that you know it matters what you do. Right. More than anything. No. You know, so it's like, and I said, look, if you if you are uh, wanting your child to love the sacrament of First Holy Communion, and I hope that you do, that's why you're here, well, they're going to have to love penance. Yep. And if they're going to love penance, I have to ask you a question. When's the last time that you went? Now, I don't want anybody raising their hand. Please don't embarrass yourself, because I will tell you my story, and I told them about having been away from the church in like 20 years, right. and how I felt so sorry for that priest that kind of... God rest his soul, he's dead now, who, who, who brought me back into the fold, you know, reconciled me to God through, uh, through the authority given him through, uh, through the church and through God, you know, to, to absolve me of my sins after 20 years of no confession. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, you know, if you haven't been, what, what makes you think that they're just going to suddenly decide they want to go? Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, 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 this is so. This is so huge. So this idea of parental example is something that is um, it's, it's written in a natural law. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's what the church really calls us to to follow and to live. Mm-hmm. How beautiful and profound that is! Oh yeah. So look, we have more to talk about this because people are now hanging, going like, "Well, what is? What am I going to do? What am I? What am I going to do with this? Right. I hate it when Deacon Jeff leaves me hanging. <laughs> Something we got, to think about. Well, we got a break. We got a break, and so we're going to do that. We're going to come back and talk more about this idea of parental example, and maybe we'll talk about Frog again. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's. Hopefully, we put that beside, behind us. Uh, but before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we have a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I would love for you to send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And please do not use the word frog in your emails to me. So with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. The beginning of this famous prayer to St. Michael the Archangel calls this blessed angel to action against the evil that besets the faithful on earth. Pope Leo XIII first ordered the prayer of St. Michael to be said after every Mass throughout the Roman Rite in the 1880s. It is said that Pope Leo had a prophetic vision one particular day after saying Mass. He was permitted to see the great evil of the coming century, the great wars that were to tear at the heart of Christian Europe and the terrible persecutions the Christian faithful were to suffer. The late Holy Father turned to St. Michael the Archangel for help and protection. St. Michael has long been known as God's defender against the evil one. All throughout Holy Scripture, St. Michael had been called to marshal the heavenly host to come to the defense of the faithful. In the Old Testament, Michael is described as the defender of Israel. In the book of Daniel, Michael is the guardian of God's people. It reads, Now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, will arise. In the New Testament, Michael is depicted as waging war against evil. The book of Revelation says, And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. Scripture reminds us that St. Michael is our great protector in the spiritual struggle between good and evil. After the Second Vatican Council, the St. Michael prayer was no longer required to be said after Mass. 
but Pope John Paul II still encouraged all the faithful to pray for St. Michael's help. He said, I ask everyone not to forget it and to recite it to obtain help in the battle against forces of darkness. Pope Benedict XVI describes St. Michael as the protector of man's very understanding of God. Benedict said St. Michael defends the cause of God's oneness against the presumption of the dragon, the ancient serpent, as John calls it. The serpent's continuous effort is to make men believe that God must disappear so that they themselves may become important, that God impedes our freedom, and therefore that we must rid ourselves of him. All throughout the world, there are great shrines and churches dedicated to St. Michael. Many countries around the globe count him as their special patron and defender. St. Michael's Feast Day is September 29th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and we are talking about this idea of being a good parental example. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just, of course, I just used the uh, the whole frog story, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and uh, it, it it just taught me that whatever I do is what my kids are going to do, not what I say or what I say not to do. They're going to do exactly what I do. So if if I eat a lot, if I swear a lot, if I gossip a lot, if I'm lazy, my kids are going to eat a lot, they're going to swear a lot, they're going to gossip, and they're going to be lazy, because they're going to do what we do. Right. Right? And I, mean, I, I, and I don't, I love my dad dearly, and if he ever listens to his show, Dad, I'm sorry I'm telling him this story, but I remember as a child, you know, when we would go to Mass, because we would go to Mass every Sunday, mm-hmm. and I never understood why, and as a kid, I hated, I hated going to Mass. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and as, as I think back, I'm not blaming it on my father, but I will say, I do remember a certain grimace he would have on his face on Sunday mornings, because it's like... You know, and how my mom might get a little uh, excited, uh, mm-hmm. angry, whatever, as we were trying to get ready for mass, and it just seemed like the whole household was kind of like in a little a tension. Yeah. yeah, it was not. It was not like mass-like. Right. It was not preparing me well. And again, I am not blaming my parents because I'm sure we were rotten kids, and right. we were causes of, of so much of that strife sure. in, in the family. But it's the attitudes. I think of the parents sometimes that we don't realize just how profound of an effect that will have on those kids. Right. So conversely, you know, if you if you pray a lot, if you love going to mass, mm-hmm. if you if you volunteer and give coats to the homeless or the soup kitchen or whatever, you know, if if you go to confession, mm-hmm. that's what your kids are going to do if they see you do that. Right. Right. How powerful that is 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 very uh, very profound Common to me. Sense. Yeah, I was reading somewhere recently that. You know, in the United States, for our last generation, if if the mother is the primary faith practitioner in the like home, like if she's the only one in there doing it, yeah, if she's the only one, dad's at home watching football. That the kids, you know, the children have about a twenty percent chance of carrying on that faith tradition. Wow! But if the family, if the father, is, you know, is the head of the household, and the mother and father together, you know, are, are practicing their faith, regardless of the faith. The children have a ninety percent chance mm. of continuing that's in that faith tradition. That's incredible, and I don't that's know where powerful. that that comes from. And but yeah. I, can, I can really anecdotally kind of concur that in my experience is like when as parents you're united in that, mm-hmm. and then you realize this the vision of the of the of the church, you know, domestically, just sort of like that's where it's rooted. It just makes sense. Yep, makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. So. So now, you know, here I am at this meeting with the first, uh, the, the parents of first penitents, mm-hmm. 
And they're sitting there thinking, okay, what do I do now? You yeah. know, one of the things I do at that meeting, though, by the way, is I, I, I made out a cheat sheet. I, I, I printed out on a little pink piece of paper, sort of step-by-step and easy to follow. This is how you go to confession. And I don't. I hand it to everybody, and I don't ask people. Now come up here and get one if you've forgotten how to go to confession. I'm not yeah, going to embarrass yeah, anybody. Right. And because I needed that at one point in time in my life, sure. so I wrote this thing out in a very easy to follow way. It's not this, you know, it's not a book. It's a one page piece of paper that you can walk in to the confessional. I say, you know, no priest is going to kick you out. Right. Because you got this paper. Get out of here with that cheat sheet. Right. No, <laughs> they're not going to do that. They're going to love that. And, uh, and you, you know, and so everyone took one. I've actually had a couple people come up to me and say, hey, can I get another one? Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't really ask them anything like, oh, you're trying to get that, you know, lazy husband of yours <laughs> in confessional or vice versa. I don't do that, of course. I just give them as many as they want. I just make them available. And something that was really heartwarming, the first year that I did that as I was teaching these classes to uh, – to these folks, the first year I did that, I went to the penance service, and we invite the families to go have penance at the, you know, right after the first penitence, you know, they get to go in and be all angelic or whatever, and go in there and say they, you know, pulled Sally's hair or they, you know, whatever they mm-hmm. stole a cookie, you know, and then the parents get to go in after. It's a great example as a family, you know, to be able to go mm-hmm. in and them to see that. Well, I was looking in the back of the church and was kind of walking after the penance service, and, and here was a there was a little line back there to the confessional, one of them, and there were like two women standing there one of them had like in her pocket mm-hmm. she had like this pink paper hanging out i thought i wonder if that's and then another one right behind her Same had thing. hers open oh, it was full. Cool. she was looking at it and i'm sitting there thinking that's amazing see it worked and that's something that caused i don't know how long those folks had not been to confession right but here was their opportunity their entree back into the confessional sure and you can find these guides all over the internet and if you want one email me i'll send you a copy of it and and it's just an easy way to get back into it if you've forgotten don't worry about it right that's you know, right just, and it, as she tells you that if you forget this or you lose this whatever just go and like just you said earlier it had an impact on you but it really had an impact on their kids absolutely they're seeing like my right. parents are going to confession i can do that it right. means something you right know, it's exactly. real so it's like, what can I do? Well, first, you know, I would as a as parents, you know, I would say that the very first thing I would think is, if if you're not doing it now, whatever the it is, do it, do it now. Yeah, that's the first thing. You know, I remember uh, in college, I was in film school, and uh, and there was a one of the teachers, one of the professors, had a little sign on his door. And it said, if you want to be a filmmaker, start making films. Right. You know, it seems pretty. Brilliant. It's like yeah. rocket surgery. <laughs> exactly. Rocket surgery. <laughs> exactly. You used to work for NASA, didn't you? I did. And so, yeah. So if you want to be a good Catholic parent, start being a good Catholic parent. Mm-hmm. Do Catholic things with your kids. And I even tell them, this is funny, because a lot of people think, well, you know, my kids should want to do this. And I said, you know what? There's nothing wrong in the second grade in saying, hey, let's go to confession and then we'll get milkshakes after. <laughs> there you go. There is nothing wrong with that. And people say, well, that's bribing. It's like, well, you know, when they're kids, you know, you want to associate sweet and good things with things that are grace-filled and sweet and good for a whole different kind of reason, right? right? Now, as they're older, if they're like 35 years old, hey, son, you want to go to a milkshake? <laughs> or do you take them for frog legs? <laughs> yeah, frog legs. I knew the frog was coming back somehow. Yeah. <laughs> frog, get behind us. Get thee behind me, frog. And so... Um, yeah, so bribing little kids. I mean, helping them see the goodness and the beauty, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. That's affirmation. That's a that's a that's a great thing. So, yeah, start doing Catholic things. Take your kids with you when you do them. Sure. 
Show them and always realize that they are watching you. That's the second thing. Always realize that your kids are watching you. They're watching every move, and kids are brilliant because they are they are like little conniving manipulators. They they know they know how to get what they need. That's true. They yeah. are, they're they're and you're right. They're absorbing everything, especially when they're young. We don't realize that sometimes. Yeah, it's forming them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so our language, our attitude. Uh, the arguing in front of them, things like this, this has profound effect on them. It does. You're right. I, I'm, I'm a child of divorced parents. Again, I don't blame my parents. It sounds like my bashing Deacon Jeff's parents today. It's not. They're going to have something to say to you. But it, but it has, but it has impact on their kids, on mm-hmm. kids. I mean, the, everything that happens as parents has impact directly on the children, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Right. And the church knows it. That way, you know, you look at it from a positive perspective. So the good things that you do are going to have good positive effects right. on your children. So. You know, obviously, if you're not doing it now, start doing it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, recognize that your kids are watching everything that you do. Now, also, you know, if you don't know how, learn. Right. Right? I mean, you, you can always have that. Well, I don't know how to go to confession. Well, Deacon Jeff, no. give me a little pink piece of paper so I can go. Yep. Um, or yep. I'm listening to the radio show and I haven't been to confession in 10 years. And I don't know what to do. And I'm, I haven't, whatever. And when, Just go. And they never talk about it in the pulpit. You know, they right. never talk about it in church. And you can blame the, the priests and the deacons for not preaching about it. And maybe they don't preach about it. But the reality is, I'm telling you now, you know, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you through mm-hmm. me. It's you, we got to learn. you got to dig deeper. you got to find they out. They can pick up their kids' books. Oh, man, the, kid, the kids got books. <laughs> it's right there. there. You go. Oh, yeah, the second graders' books tell you all about it. Right. You know, read their books. Or apps on phones. Talk to them about everywhere. it. You know, let your kids be the... Google. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. And and I would also say that, you know, and of course learning, you know, you also listen to Catholic Cafe. We don't want to forget that. We got, A little plug. Yeah, great. We got some yeah. great shows on confession, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so look that stuff up. Just listen. And then, and then I'd, I'd ask you, like, the fourth thing is to immerse yourself in your parish life, your faith life. Your, right. your, 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 your parish is your home, your family. Yep. Put yourselves there because that's exactly where God wants you to be. That's where he's going to help you to grow and to help you to be the best version of yourself through the sacraments and through the love that comes to you from your from your, uh, from your your parish, right? And, and being active is, is so profound and so, so positive. It's going to help form you and your children, right, to be involved in all these different events, whatever they are. Preach and, of course, I think the last thing would be just to love your children. To love Amen. your children as God loves you. Amen. Unconditionally, right. live your faith, man. Kids see that they they know when they're loved. Yep. Tell them you love them. Use the "I love you" word. There's nothing wrong with it. So be a good parental example. That's what we're called to do, right? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the children you've entrusted to our care. Give us the graces we need to raise them in the faith and to protect our family from the influences of the evil one so that they may flourish in your love for them. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.